This is a really good song. Well, I just realized I only have like nine gigs on my hard drive left. I'm just supposed to fix that before we started. Whoops. What's up, Dan? How are you? Good. That is an awesome song called On the Floor by an artist named Perfume Genius uh, off of his new album, Set My Heart on Fire Immediately. I think it's his best album he's ever done. Uh, And I think everybody should check it out. It's a really, really good album full of really, really good songs. Uh, I've been listening to it all week nonstop. I think it was released last a week ago tomorrow, so last Friday. It's really good. Perfume Genius. Check him out. He's got good music, but this album, by far and away, is the best thing he's done. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. How's your week going? Same as every week. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, sitting inside. Have you been out in the buildings all this week? Uh, just once. Okay. I haven't had any. I didn't get to see you or Rob or Mike or anybody. Hello, everybody. And uh, thanks for tuning in. We really appreciate it. Welcome to This Might Sound Stupid podcast. Uh, we are two stupid friends. My name is... Do we ever say our names? Is there any Don't reason to say our full names? I don't think so. That's a thing podcast people do, isn't it? They say their full names. I don't know. If you haven't listened to us before, uh, my name is Adam. And uh, this guy right here in front of me, but it's over here, is Dan. Wait, no, uh, live. For me, you're right here. But for them, you're right there. Wouldn't it be weird if I poked you in the face? No. (laughs) No? That'd be... be normal that would mean we're in the same room yeah uh yeah my name is adam this is dan if this is the first time you've ever listened to us you should subscribe to us you can get a you can subscribe to us wherever you uh get your podcast from you should also follow us is that what right is it follow us on twitch correct i gotta go write that one down correct uh yeah you should follow us on twitch it's uh twitch.com slash this might sound stupid pretty easy um and if you want to follow us on twitter it's at tmss underscore podcast on twitter at tmss underscore podcast uh as always our podcast today is brought to you first and foremost by joey the good boy who i actually remembered to bring down here today third quarantine podcast and i remembered that joey uh, needs to come down so you can be featured spon- uh, featured sponsor and you guys can see how dirty my basement is. There he is, a good boy over there. That vacuum's still laying on the ground. Uh, there's my mess of cords that I've just left set up the way I had it set up to when we first moved into this house almost three years ago. Joey's our oldest and best sponsor. He's a good mm-hmm. boy. He's been with us since the beginning. He's snoozing. He's pretty tired out. Uh, we're also brought to you by, is this mirrored? 
What do you mean, Schwat? Uh, we're also brought to you by Mike Long, who is a fantastic designer uh, based out of Minnesota. He designed all of our stuff that you're seeing here. So all the graphics, basically. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Sorry, I got distracted because I'm actually texting Mike. But Mike's a really good designer. He's a really good dude. Uh, and he makes really great stuff. He's just one of our sponsors. Correct. Uh, are we hearing... I'm so confused by Schwad. Are there audio issues or are you just being weird? Is this it's weird? Not audio. It's video. Are we hearing Bizarro, Adam? Your couch was on the opposite side I'm used to. <laughs> I assumed it was something to do with the program they are chatting with. I guess so. Because the only way that I could get it to actually work... Because when we... When we start up uh, Discord, which is what we're video chatting through, it overrides all the audio. So I can't get audio in OB- or I can- not audio video. I can't get video in OBS. So what you're seeing is literally uh, the Twitch chat just it with the, the this might sound stupid overlay on it, which is why this black bar is here. It's not a monitor or anything. It's actually the black bar that's a part of if you follow it up. It's a part of Dan's screen because Dan, the overlay wasn't, the overlay was made to just take our video feeds, which is what we would normally do when Dan is in the same room with me. Yeah. You can see it better if I do it, Dan, because then, because it, it kind of looks like it's just a feature, like a, the edge of my monitor or something, but it's, it's not. What are you drinking tonight, Dan? Uh, Drinking FOMO. FOMO. From Barrel Theory. If you're missing out. It says FOMO. It is an IPA. An IPA. I haven't had FOMO, I don't think. That was a a juicy crack. Holy cow. Price time. Here it goes. A little bit. That sounds like you're cocking a nah. like a, a revolver. Smart man, brought a brought a paper towel. There we go. Smart man. Um, yeah. Also, if you uh, if you ever want to email us, you can email us at this might sound stupid at gmail.com. Um, the other thing that we haven't mentioned in a while is we need somebody to tweet at us uh, their dad list. I can't remember. If anybody did tweet at us before the whole quarantine, uh, the dad lists are who would you want your rock and roll dad to be if, but they have to fit into the categories that Dan made up randomly and on the spot for some reason. They're the official categories. (laughs) Those categories are smart dad, tough dad, cool dad, shitty dad, metal dad, uh, folk dad, gay dad, Long Island dad. And Attic Dad. Uh, Dan's list. Huh? Attic. 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 Dan's list went as the following. For Smart Daddy, he had Brian May. For Tough Daddy, he had Henry Rollins. For Cool Daddy, he had Robert Plant. Shitty Dad, he had David Lee Roth. For Metal Dad, he had Bruce Dickinson. Folk Dad was James Taylor. Uh, Gay Dad was Elton John. Long Island Dad was Billy Joel. And Attic Dad was Keith Richards. Uh, I had, uh, 
Smart Dad, Rivers Cuomo, Tough Dad, Henry Rollins again. Cool Dad is Adam D. from Kill Switch Engage. Shitty Dad is Vince Neal from Motley Crue, right? Uh, Metal Dad is Lemmy. Um, Folk Dad was Pete Seeger. Gay Dad is Freddie Mercury. Uh, Long Island Dad is John Petrushinanan. I don't know how to say his name. And Attic Dad is John Frusciante. So tweet us, tweet us your dad lists, everybody. Yeah, one of them is Shitty Dad. Shitty Rock and Roll Dad. There's probably a lot of them out there. Mm-hmm. Long Island Dad is the hard one to do. Uh, if you already if you tweeted you your list, if you tweeted your li- list at us already, tweet it again because quarantine made us lose it. I am drinking. Uh, well, I'm drinking a beer you left here, actually, but it's been here for a year, so I feel like it's fair game. Also, it's quarantine. Also, holy shit, I just noticed that the ABV on it. Are you drinking the triple IPA from Blackstack? No, that's like nine percent, and I did drink that, but not tonight. I had to drink that more slowly. Uh, I forgot all about this, but it's the Todd the Axe Man. Oh, yeah. Uh, this is one of my favorite Surly cans. Might be my favorite Surly can. Very cool. I think, they've, I think they've changed it, too. Like Have I they? haven't bought Surly in a little while, but I think they redesigned like all their cans. Hey, Happy Blappers here. What's up, buddy? Thanks for tuning in, man. Uh, so, yeah, I'm going to crack this open and then drink it. Yeah, I, didn't need, I didn't need to do a shot of whiskey before the show with how high the ABV is on this. I think it's just been... Sitting on your table. It's been not. I'm over a year. I'm assuming that they. Uh, what is it called? Homogenize. Oh, I'm assuming it's fine. Their beer, because it's just been sitting on my table. It's not like this would be the first time that a beer literally makes me sick to my stomach on a show. So it tastes bad. You just go get a different one. No, that's not how it works. Oh, I do. drink I it get... and we end the podcast. Oh yeah, that's true. That's true. Oh, that's pretty good. Whoa. Oh, yeah, who knows, man? It's got that weird, like, room temp. I made a big mess. Maybe it started to, like, re-ferment or something somehow. I don't think that's a thing. Yeah, it is. All right, hold on. I got to clean up my mess. There's beer everywhere. Oh, no, I got it on my keyboard. Your, your wife could hear that upstairs. What does that matter? Uh, you know. Dan, fill the silence. What? Fill Say the things? Silence. Yeah. Talk about we stuff. all talk about uh, we all everybody. Know, I'm real sad that the May sumo tournament's not happening. Hopefully, July will still go on. But what some, did you say? Uh, hopefully, July will what? Hopefully, July, July tournament will, will happen, but we'll see. What tournament? What are, you, what are we talking about? Sumo. Oh, yeah. Uh, Amber, could you really hear that upstairs? If so, I'm really proud of myself. Is it possible for us to stream in 60 FPS? Is there some setting I need to change so that we can do that? I don't know. Like The frames per second seems fine. I know, but don't some streamers get to stream in 60 FPS? Do you have to be like a Twitch buddy or whatever the fuck it's called? Dan's first. Might also depend on on your internet connection. You think so? Oh, I. I... God damn, Todd the X Men is really good. Mm -hmm. Uh, let's see. What were the things I was going to bring up before we got into uh, the podcast proper? 
It's been pretty uneventful in Door Fortress this week. I haven't had a lot of chances to play it. Um, yeah, Happy Blapper says for sure depends on your upload speed. Is it? I guess so. But mine, mine's never been bad. It's not like amazing. Um, GTA Five was free, so a bunch of us jumped in there and we drove around town. Oh yeah, murdering indiscriminately. Aren't you still doing that? Well, not right now. I'm talking to you. <laughs> um, have a blapper. I update you on the history of the world that I'm reading about. No, oh, no, I did at one point. Uh, was that just today? I got a, I got a forgotten beast found its way into my, into my fortress, and uh, that got a little hairy. A lot of doors died. Forgotten beast in Door Fortress is like a Balrog. <clears throat> if you don't know what a Balrog is, it's from uh, the book Lord of the Rings or the movie. If you've seen that, where Gandalf goes, "You shall not pass." If you don't know who Gandalf is, he's an old man, gray hair. He's a, wi- he's a wizard. Is. But uh, so once when you're in Door Fortress and you delve too deep, you'll you'll find forgotten beasts and they come into your fortress and just like start slaying people. I think he's technically like an angel. Yeah, the, like, he. In that world. That's the that's the best way to put it. He's an angel. One of, one of like yeah, one of four or five like. Angels. I can't remember the actual what word the actual for word for it is, but angel's a good yeah. enough way to explain it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I also let's see. Oh, I had uh, I had a siege happen, and I finally have built up my army in this fortress enough that I went out and I killed everybody uh, that was trying to siege my fortress, and that was really cool because that that's what I was telling half of Lever today. I went in and I was reading about uh, the battle that happened. I forget the name of the battle. Uh, and like I had killed a uh, a goblin like princess basically who ha- who was there uh, leading the siege, and that was cool to like read about her history. It's it's just very cool. Uh, Dwarf Fortress, there are people who stream it, and I watch them stream it. Uh, my favorite guy is probably a guy named Dastastic. He's doing a really cool stream right now. Um, or he's doing a cool series. I know he streams it, but he, he <laughs> he's streaming. Uh, he put himself in a very precarious start position, and it's been really fun to watch him try to scam- scramble to have a good start with, like, everything against him. Uh, it's really fun especially once you kind of know more about the game and like what he's doing um i feel like javin is only saying oh no he did say the sooner he stops playing that dumb game the better but he didn't follow it up by saying because then i'll finish the resident evil stream um the other cool thing that i just started yesterday that i wanted to talk about is i was doing more reading you know what heart rate variability is I know that your heart beats at different rates. Bam, so scientists. heart rate variability is like, I'm going to explain it dumb. So you sh- anybody who is actually Can interested you explain it any other way should read about it. This <laughs> might sound stupid the way I explain it. Um, but it's like, if you have, if, if your average beats per minute is, you know, like 68 beats per minute, 
it's not like it's not a metronome so there's milliseconds of difference between the beats uh and they can figure out how overloaded your central nervous system is based on the variation between those beats and i'm pretty sure that it's the higher the degree of variation the better you are because it's kind of counterintuitive so like if there's more of a variation between the beats in terms of milliseconds then your central nervous system is doing better if there's less variation in terms of milliseconds then your central nervous system is kind of overtaxed uh and i found so now that i have that chest strap heart monitor i found this app that's free i mean you have to share your your whole life with them but whatever called uh, i think it's just called hrv uh elite hrv um and you do it once a day like the same way so i have been at 9 a.m it's like after i've had my coffee uh i'm just kind of downstairs at my desk i've been doing it every day and it was today was the first day that it just said to me uh your sympathetic your sympathetic activity appears to be abnormally elevated consider active recovery and or guided breathing to enhance recovery so what what it's doing is telling you like hey you went on a run on tuesday and you went on a big bike ride on wednesday and your body like just needs some time to recover so don't do anything too taxing today so uh after work i went on a big walk with family and then before the podcast started i just did some like static stretching and some uh i can't think of the word active stretching for lack of a better Mm -hmm. for what it's called but that that app is kind of cool so i'm gonna do it i'm I've only been doing it for a few days, but I'm going to just do it every day for two or three weeks and see if I feel like it actually helps me recover. So I don't have those days where like I've just worked out so much and I'm also, cause it also is a part of what the heart rate variability is taking in is your whole central nervous system. So it's like, are you very stressed? Have you been taxed tremendously just with stress or thought or you're overworked but you're not necessarily working out too hard but you still need to rest um so i'm just going to do it for a few weeks and see if see if it helps kind of guide me on when i when i should work out hard and when i should kind of take it easy so it it can't tell you if your variability is due to working out or stress it just tells you that you need to take it easy yeah so the other thing that the app does and this is all self-reported but it's like it had it if you have anything, it wants you to report it. So like I recorded that last night I had good sleep. My kids didn't wake me up at all. And I slept for seven and a half hours straight. Um, and it asked me what my mood was. And today it was happy yesterday when I did it, I was like neutral and I didn't, it was weird because I didn't really have any reason to be, I was just kind of cranky yesterday morning. Mm -hmm. Um, but I wasn't like angry or sad or upset or anything. So I just put neutral, uh and there's a couple other things in there that i mean it's all it's all you reporting it but if you're if you're kind of curious about it you should be trying to record you know how oh you're sore like are you sore how sore are you so like my calves are a little sore today uh and my quads are a little sore today so i put that in um i can't see all the other tags that you can add but yeah so it's it it can't tell you like you've had a lot of brain function and that's why your central nervous system is taxed versus 
you know, you've been working out too hard. Uh, it's just measuring the stress level that's on your central nervous system based on the milliseconds between your heartbeats over like a two or four minute period of time. Mm-hmm. There's a but like you can do a bunch more reading on it, and I did a bunch more. It's also it's measuring. It's measuring a bunch of stuff, but the big thing that I remember was that it's kind of counterintuitive that you would think if there's more variability between your beats that like your heart is having trouble staying consistent, but that's not actually what it is. It's if there's more variability, uh, and there is like a 10% chance I'm remembering that wrong. Yeah. It'll be kind of fun to like come back next week and the week after and just kind of say like whether or not I'm liking it. Cause I don't, I don't work out super hard. You know, I'm not an mm-hmm. athlete. Um, so it'll just be kind of interesting for just like regular old run-of-the-mill me dude who's got a dad bod and see if I see if I like that it, what it's reporting and if it's helping me. Because uh, like my hope with it, I guess, is that if I do it at 9 o'clock, because right now while we're in quarantine, I'm not getting up right away in the morning to work out. So I'm not mm-hmm. getting up at like 5 to go work out. Uh, what I've been doing, which has been great is, you know, while we're doing quarantine, I come downstairs and I eat at my desk in front of my computer where my work phone is and all, all my work stuff. So I just eat there and I don't really take a lunch. So on days that I do work out like today, I just, I was in front of my computer basically all day cause mm-hmm. I didn't take a lunch. I sat down here for lunch, uh, which was actually good cause my principal ended up calling while I was eating. Um, but on days that I'm going to work out, I'll go at like 10 in the morning and just use my hour lunch break to go, you know, go on a 45 minute bike ride or, you know, go work out for 40 minutes or whatever. But I'm going to try to use my hope is that if I do the thing at nine and it says like, hey, your your sympathetic system is in good condition, you know, it'd be a great day to do some hard workouts that I'll actually feel better like feel kind of a a better mind muscle connection while I'm working out or while I'm running. Like you'll, you know, on Tuesday when it told me like, Hey, you should be good. I went out and went for a run and like, I felt great. I only walked for one minute of my whole run, which I haven't done yet. And just did the rest of my entire run running and had uh, like good mile times. And you know, I just, I felt great the whole time doing it. So my hope is that if I use that to kind of monitor how, I'm doing every day that when I do go and do the workout, I'll mm-hmm. like, you know, you know what I mean? Like some days you'll go for a run or some days you'll go for a bike ride and you're just dragging ass. And then there's some days where like you get done with your workout and you're like, shit, I could have done like 20, 30 more minutes. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So my, yeah. my hope is that like, if I'm using this, I'll have more of those days where like, shit, I could have gone longer. I could have gone, you know, I could have gone another mile. So it'll be fun to see if, that's how it works or if it's if it works in a different way that i didn't anticipate or if it's uh completely useless to me mm-hmm. but yeah elite hrv is the app okay not a sponsor but if they want to be they could uh let's see we're missing kibby tonight that's a bummer hope all is well with kibby <clears throat> uh nobody's in ch- or nobody's in chat nobody's talking in chat so i might have bored them all away well, there's still people here. They were just enthralled with this new science they're learning about. Uh, new science. Uh, 
Um, let's see. Do you got anything to add before we go into our uh, our one and only segment? The heart rate variation? Heart rate variability. Get it right or get out. I feel like it's interchangeable. No, uh, no, I just, I don't know. I, you know, usually before we go into uh, Rob's topic, we'll kind of talk about stupid shit. Uh, no, I, I haven't, nothing's really, haven't really done anything different this week. Still just. What's going on with your, uh, your letterboxed? What's the last movie you watched? What's that thing called if people want to follow it? Bike watch. Um, <laughs> one second. Letterboxd. Bike watch. Letter. <laughs> Come on. I can't, I can't spell. Come on. There it is. <laughs> uh, oops. This beer can't from my keyboard. A man from Hong Kong. A man it's from the, Hong Kong is the name of the movie? Is uh, the one I watched today. Uh, it's a Australian kind of kung fu action movie from 1970s okay uh that when i was uh some thing i was reading online today had it uh they're talking about like the stunts in it where like when they're flying down the road they didn't get permission and so they're just flying through lights and there's people on the road yikes dude uh but it's a, it's a pretty high budget movie too so but i, I Kind of just Australia. Like when we watched Turkey shoot, it was the same thing. They just did whatever the fuck they wanted in Australia. So apparently that's how it just goes. Probably not. Still, maybe. No. How, no, how old no. is this movie? Seventy-five. Okay, so nineteen seventies uh, Australia, maybe. And then I watched Delta Force. What is that? I know I've I've heard of Delta Force. Starring Chuck Norris. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. What's uh, uh What's the one that you and Jeff were talking about? That's kind of a wild movie. Uh, Killer Fish? Yeah, I think that's it. Brazilian Jewel Heist. There was um, one that you and Jeff both like said was weird, but you really enjoyed. It could have been uh, Killer Fish. What's the other one that it could have been? Black Moon Rising. Uh, I think that's what it is. Black Moon Rising sounds more writer. What's Black uh, Moon Rising? I wish Jeff was in Tommy chat. Tommy Jones is a, a thief. Yes, it had Tommy Lee Jones in it. And Linda Hamilton's a thief. There's a supercar and the government. Yes, I, remember, I specifically remember you guys talking about this at the end of movie night uh, one week while I was brushing my teeth because Jeff, I was brushing my teeth listening to you guys talk and Jeff started to talk about Tommy Lee Jones' skin. And he was like, he's a young man mm. in this movie and his skin is still, and like, you know, I don't know. Jeff was just making it funny, and it was hard not to laugh while brushing my teeth. Black Moon Rising. I kind of wanted to watch that after you and Jeff talked about it. Free on Prime. Free on Prime. This beer is fruitier than I remember it. Like at first, and then it kind of finishes bitter. Okay. Sounds about right. It's a good beer. It didn't change too much. All right, should we start our uh, our segment? Sure. All right, so uh, on This Might Sound Stupid podcast, we really only have one segment. It uh, doesn't mean we won't get more. Um, and the segment is called Rob's Random Topic. Uh, this is what Rob's Random Topic is. Once a week, 
Dan or myself will text our friend Rob on a group chat demanding a random topic. Uh-huh. The rule of Rob's random topic is first thought, best thought. Uh-huh. What that means is whatever pops into Rob's head first is what he has to text us. And that's the topic that we have to talk about. It's kind of a fun challenge to just see what dumb bullshit we can talk about uh, and see how long we can talk about it. Um, he, he, he kind of gave three thoughts this time. Though. Whenever I see three in a row, like three texts he, from I, him in a he, row. He amended it once and then he just, <laughs> and then he explained the thought. So he Which amends it. Shouldn't happen. Uh, we'll read both of them. Okay. Um, I think both. I think both will be fun to talk about. I think so. So this week it is what's a song that grew on you in a big way or movie or something. If song is too specific, <laughs> so I, mm-hmm. <laughs> I guess we don't have to go into or something. Uh, but what is a song that grew on you in a big way and or a movie? Uh, I didn't think about it until right now. Um, first one that popped in my head for a song was, I remember sitting from the TV, younger man watching MTV and I never heard Rage Against the Machine before, or if I did, I just didn't care for it for whatever reason. Uh, and then... Bulls on Parade! Nope, that's not the song. Oh, okay. Uh, and then Gorilla Radio came on, and I just listened to the whole thing, and then I just it just slowly grew on me until until I just love Rage Against the Machine. Rage Against the Machine is good. I don't shit. have a lot of like hard rock or like hard metal, but I don't know if I'd describe Rage Against the Machine as metal. I don't know. I said but... that because I'm curious to see what chat says. Not. <laughs> Not to make fun of you, I want to know. I feel like I feel like describing Rage as metal. They're definitely hard rock, but I don't. I don't like what I don't know what genre I would put them in. Anyway. Uh. So yeah. So I I would say that song. Is that your favorite Rage song? I don't know if that's true. It's probably not my favorite Rage song, but it's the one that grew on me. Um. I am totally blanking on the name for mine. Uh. And I have to look it up. Okay. Who's it by? It's I Ran by Flock of Seagulls. Oh, okay. I uh, like because you watched the live video and watched that guy like rock on Yes. The it's a song that I never I never paid any attention to because growing up when, when we grew up, you kinda heard that song all the time. Uh it became kind of a joke because of the dude's haircut. But I Ran is a fucking great song. Mm-hmm. And there's a live version of it online where their guitar player is so animated and has like has this great solo. That song's really good. So it's not I don't know if it's a song that I would say like grew on me over time. It's just like there was a time where I somebody posted that live video and I watched it and was like what? It's it's kind of the same as as Rage where it's like I just didn't give it time of day. And it's like, oh, this isn't worth my time. Yeah, you just kind of don't pay attention to it. And, it. and then it's like, oh. And then it just builds. 
it's but that is a really good song and so then i thought i wonder if there's other 80 songs out there that are like really good that i've never paid attention to and i went out and listened to take on me by whatever band that is uh-huh uh-huh and uh it didn't it didn't do anything for me <laughs> no that that's that song is the video yeah it was a really like that's right i could kind of forgot about that it was like it was a very kind of modern marvel in its day mm-hmm but yeah, I ran is a great song. Um, after the podcast, help me remember, and I'll tweet out that that video. Uh, it's just a, it, it, I don't know what it was about that video that made me appreciate it. But now, anytime I hear it, uh, I really appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also, I mean, I have a number of those. It's kind of funny that Rob brings that up because Rob Rob knows about me. Like he'll recommend a band to me. He'll be like, "Hey, I think you dig this band," and I'll listen to him and be like yeah they're fine i don't know it didn't really do much for me but i'll like it and then i'll continue to go back to it and then like because this is the way lamb of god was i didn't like lamb of god at first there was just mm-hmm. I, I i couldn't even tell you at this point what i didn't like about him and then uh and then i like i something will i'll prompt me to listen to it and it'll click in my head and Lamb of God is a big artist like that where all of a sudden I was like, I could not get enough of Lamb of God and would just listen to their albums nonstop back to back. The biggest one is probably uh, the Mars Volta because I was a huge at the drive-in fan. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when the Mars Volta came out, I didn't listen to Deloused, which is their first album. And then, because I didn't, I, it wasn't really on my radar for some reason. I can't remember why. Uh, and then I listened to Francis the Mute, which is like, it's so different from At the Drive-In. And mm-hmm. then I saw Francis the Mute live uh, with the Red Hot Chili Peppers. And Francis the Mute is just not, or uh, not Francis the Mute. Um, the Mars Volta is just not a band that translates well to a live performance in my opinion because i've seen them three times live and none of the shows are very good they just didn't it they didn't translate to live shows in my opinion um they need the studio they need the takes i don't know what it is because i'm sure there there are plenty of people who love them live at the drive-in was great live um but yeah anyways rob told me like to listen to that album and when i finally did i mean it's francis the mute is probably my favorite album of all time Mm-hmm. you know uh barring verses and 10 by pearl jam maybe mm-hmm. francis the mute it's so hard to compare those two albums but that that's probably the biggest example of like an album that grew on me but what i had to first do was like let go of my expectations that it was going to be another at the drive-in album because it's most of the guys from at the drive-in besides whoever sure, went yeah. to sparta whatever i yeah. can't remember who left and went to sparta um and then the funny thing is, is if I had ever listened to D. Laust first, D. Laust is almost like an At the Drive-In album. D. Laust and the Comatorium is Francis or uh, Mars Volta's first album, and it's it's borderline uh, At the Drive-In. If I had listened to that first, I might have been into it right away. I'm not sure because, mm-hmm. like I'm saying, what I wanted was more At the Drive-In, not a new thing. And once I was able to appreciate the Mars Volta for what they were doing for their new thing it's just it's like the best thing i've ever listened to <laughs> uh 
Rolo says, well, listening to Mars tomorrow. Uh, and yeah, he's right. The good one stayed in Mars. It's mean to say, but it's true. Um, Rolo, what you should do, remind me tomorrow and I'll give you some recommendations. Fucking like in their heyday, uh, Santana. Like 1960s, 1970s Santana has some awesome albums. I own three or four of their albums on vinyl and they like from the seven sixties and late sixties and seventies Santana, or is it just him? Is, is I it don't, it's the band, Santana? I guess. Okay. I could, I don't know enough about like the makeup of them, but like when you listen to him, you can tell Mars Volta is heavily influenced by him. Uh, Santana has got some real fun shit and some real good guitar playing. Some of their live albums are really good. Uh, and some of their live performances. <laughs> Rolo says, if you get me into Santana, that will be an answer for this week's Rob's random topic. Yeah, remind me tomorrow and I'll give you some Santana stuff to listen to. Um, it's not, obviously it's not the Mars Volta, but when you listen to it, my mom's a big Santana fan. So I kind of grew up listening to Santana and Santana is probably another great example of a band that I, I heard a lot growing up, so I didn't pay a lot of attention to. And then once I kind of gave them more time, discovered I really liked them and have been slowly buying some of their library on vinyl. Because, yeah, like I, w- I wonder if that band is just him and then a rotating cast since his name is Santana. Like if it's if like it's just him and then other people or if it's if it stays as a, a solid band throughout. Because when he came back in the 90s and he was doing just duos with popular musicians, it was just Santana and like Rob Thomas. It was just him and Rob Thomas. It wasn't like his band or anything. It was just him as Santana. Yeah, I really don't know. For some reason, I want to say his brother is in the band with him, but I, I honest to God, I don't know if that's true. But they're um, from different parents, though, so he's Iglesias. I didn't follow that joke. He's got a, he's got a different last name, so he's not Santana. Ah, I got gotcha. you. It's the best uh, joke ever. It's not. Hit the button. Uh, let's see. Oh, I don't have it queued up. God damn it. Uh, let's see. Javin says frogs. Frogs. Allison Chains hated it until unplugged versions. Now I like both versions. Okay. Ah. Allison Chains is a great example of a band that I didn't. I heard all the time on ninety three X growing up. Mm-hmm. And it's another thing like didn't pay attention to him, didn't really like him because I would just hear like Rooster every day, several times a day on 93X. And it was just like, mm-hmm. oh, they're playing this song again. And then a buddy of mine, Steve, was telling me how good they were. And he was like, dude, just trust, just trust me. Listen to their unplugged album and you'll like you'll get Alice in Chains. And he was totally right because once I listened to Alice in Chains Unplugged and then went back and listened to him, you realize how fucking talented every member of that band is. That band is – and Dirt is – Dirt, in my opinion – actually, <laughs> this is how this whole thing started, you guys. Dirt, in my opinion, is the best grunge album of all time because I don't, I don't count – uh, <laughs> I don't come Pearl Jam's albums as grunge. So in my book, Dirt is the best grunge album of all time. Uh, and I'm pretty sure, okay. I'm pretty sure Dirt is Alice in Chains' first album, but it's one that I did not, 
appreciate until listening to their unplugged album and kind of it's like all of a sudden <laughs> Schwartz is not taking the bait. I don't know. It helped me. It helped me kind of see what they were doing to listen to their. I think anybody would would like their their unplugged album. Yeah, you know when when you when you change the rules to whatever you want them to be. Like for me, my favorite grunge album is like Led Zeppelin two. <laughs> I did not know where you were going with that at first. I thought you were going to be trying to say something really like. Uh, As a connoisseur of grunge music myself, it is not their first. Okay, for some reason, I thought Dirt was their first album. Dirt's my favorite Alice in Chains album, and it's my favorite grunge album of all time. <laughs> you know? No, I did. You're, you're you're allowed to say what you want. I did. I did give up on that. I'm not. I'm not right. Uh, Pearl Jam is definitely a grunge band. It's they just don't enter. I can't. I for some reason I can't help it. They don't enter my head, but. If I had an, if I'm including Pearl Jam, then the best grunge album of all time is Versus by Pearl Jam. Is it not, is it not dirty enough? Like I like, don't. Like, I we had this conversation around a bonfire, and I admitted that I I was like, no, you guys are right. I'm not like it's not something I'm willing to defend. It's just like in my head, they're more of like a rock band than they are a grunge band. Whereas like the sound that Alice in Chains is making, the sound that Nirvana is making. Mm-hmm sounds like grunge to me that's all i can say okay okay uh schwatt says he doesn't consider their actual first album allison james their first album is the self-titled album i didn't know that for some reason i thought it was dirt let people know who you are but yeah best grunge albums of all time then are versus followed by 10 followed by dirt and there we go that's browse round topic so wait what what are your favorite grunge albums of all time i have a question uh so is at what is there a point at which pearl jam albums stop being grunge like vitalogy or the album they released this year are those still grunge albums or are they something different self-titles is their third album i I still think that into the wild soundtrack's pretty grunge you know that's just any better that's not real dank it's not real. Pearl, it's not Pearl Jam. Heavy. It's just Eddie Vedder. Real heavy. Well, what make what makes a grunge? Eddie I have Vedder no idea. That's my question. Like, are they just always a grunge band until the end of time? Because what other grunge bands are still out there touring? Allison Chains does, but they don't have Lane Staley. Like the Nirvana Beach Boys definitely doesn't. The same band as the Beach Boys in the sixties and seventies. What? So, like, the Beach Boys now are a completely different style of music than the Beach Boys were in, like, the, uh, uh, oh, Christ, I can't think of his name now. Who's the guy that went crazy? Sid Barrett? No. No, on, in the Beach Boys. Oh, uh, Brian and Wilson. Was, yes. Like, so, like, th- those are two completely different bands. Nobody in chat is daring enough to answer my question. That's why I did, with the most logical explanation I could think of. Beach Boys. I don't like, Everybody I don't, I guess, now. let's go surfing now. I guess when I listen to. Oh, because grunge hundred percent. Like SWAT gets my musical taste here. Led Zeppelin two, pet sounds led directly to smells like King spirit. There's a direct <laughs> line you can draw. There, there probably line. is. Schwab, my question is at what point do you, if there is a point, 
I want to know, is is Pearl Jam still a grunge band with the albums they're releasing? Or is there a certain point like Vitalogy or afterwards where they're just considered a rock band? Uh, and I'm, I'm just genuinely curious because when I hear their most recent album and 10, there's not a, there's not like leagues of difference to me, but if you listen to like help, you know, that al- that Beatles, Beatles album, and then you listen to Abbey road, there's uh-huh. loads of difference. So, okay. No code is probably the stopping point for grungy Pearl jam. I, I would agree with that. I would also... Is Vitalogy before or after No Code? Because Vitalogy the one that keeps coming to my head. Pearl Jam Disco. Uh, 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 what? Go ahead. I was going to say, like we, we've been getting a lot of this in the Facebook chat from... Uh, yeah, okay. From, Vitalogy from, from. is their third album, and I would say... At Vit- by the time Vitalogy came out, I don't think that's a very grungy album. No Code isn't. Yield isn't. Binaural isn't. Yeah. Anyways, go go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, I, I was just saying the Facebook chat with, with the stuff that Jeff was saying with all the bands as they went to the 80s, they all they all changed. What bands? I, I haven't paid attention to Facebook chat all day today. Oh, there's just a ton. I know there was like hundreds of messages today. No, it's not today. This is this has been for the last month. Oh, okay. So what's he talking? Tell me, because I'm. It's not ringing any bells. Just the the his whole scrong thing. Oh, that whole thing. Well, explain it, because that's. I mean, people are listening who might not be in the the Facebook group. Uh, scrong. It's like we like weird just electronic noise that people started throwing in all their stuff in the, in like eighties rock. Can you mouth guitar like the sound? sound? Not really. <laughs> I can't. Uh, His best example can... is Skronk Jeff's term or is Skronk like a known term? No. Like Skronk is a, I think a term for that music. For so that Jeff sound. didn't make up the term Skronk. I certainly hope not. That's that. I, 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 you know, I can't give him that much credit. Cause that's, that's, that name is just too good. Uh, Rolo, I want to know what the four bands are. Rolo says, to me, grunge is defined by the sound of like four bands. Um, see, I, I'm with Schwat. Schwat says, I think Jeff made it up and I think Jeff made it up too. No, I looked it up. Oh, you did? Yeah. I just threw a number out. Name four of them. Popular music of a kind is experimental and deliberately discordant. Oh, Wall of Beef is here. He says, I made it up. Oh, so a raw discordant sound produced with electric guitars. Wait, you found a definition for the word "scronk"? Yeah, I just I just read. <laughs> we uh, we have a uh, a Rolo Junior tuning in. I have an adorable picture of the man glued to the screen. What's up, Ben? Is he waving yet? Does he get waving? Aurora is waving at everything right now. My daughter, like, just like, eh. She's discovered, like, oh, if I do this, he says drools all over. Skronk is not discordant. Wall Beef says grunge is rock music. Is there a point at which you would stop describing Pearl Jam? Pearl of Jam? <laughs> is there a point at which you would stop describing Pearl Jam as a grunge band, Wall Beef? 
and then we'll just we'll stay silent until he answers. <laughs> yeah, no. I don't know. Grunge, grunge is more of a sound to me than like a whole. The point that uh, Wallabeef and Schwab made at at a bonfire a while ago last fall was that grunge was about like a scene and say, yeah, grunge isn't a sound grunge is a grunge is a, a time and place a style and and all that yeah. uh and yeah okay he said it perfectly there it's a timestamp for a movement in music Correct. those bands are always grunge but aren't they i would more say those albums are grunge but like the pearl jam that or the 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 album that pearl jam released a month or two ago or three months ago, whatever it was now that's, it's not a grunge album. I feel like that is, I feel like that is uh insincere a, to call that a grunge album. I would it's say not a like grunge album, but they're a grunge band. I see even that I feel like is wrong. I feel like they were, they were a grunge band that released the two best grunge albums of all time. And then, and then kind of, and then just moved on to being a different rock and roll band. Whatever that style of rock and roll is, I don't know. Uh, As the flow of your laugh, Pilot. <laughs> this guy gets Schwatt. it. <laughs> Schwat. <laughs> I really hope he's okay. And I'm not laughing at like Schwat having a stroke. Because <laughs> it just says, As to full squat, a Schwat, a Schwat. <laughs> Sorry. I'm picturing Swat. <laughs> he says you will have caused it if I do. Wow. I'm picturing Swat doing that accidentally and then being like, oh. <laughs> well, this is my life now. Anyways, I feel like an argument I'd be more uh, kind of stuck into is that Pearl Jam is not a grunge band anymore. Uh, but I, I'm I'm open to change. I'll agree with that. I think Wallaby's the only one that said no. Yeah, it's it's an interesting thing to think about. Those old albums don't become erased. Yeah, I'm not saying they do. I'm just saying it. I don't know. It feels. It feels too easy to just say no. They're just always a grunge band because I don't think they are anymore. I don't think I don't are there. I don't think there are any grunge bands anymore, really, or any new grunge bands. I think it was just a moment in time. If a but it's weird because what's pre- that? Go ahead. Go. If a doctor stops practicing medicine, he's still a doctor. No, he loses his license, dipshit. I'm not talking about the license part. He graduated with a medical degree. Oh, so you still have to call him doctor? Yeah, he's still a doctor. So you have to, you still have to, uh, you still have to address the members of Pearl Jam as Mr. Doc- Doctors of Grunge. <laughs> That's really if a murderer stops murdering, he's still a murderer. <laughs> you see? They're still grungers. That's what it is. They're grungers. They're grungers. It'd be really interesting to hear their thoughts on it. To hear that like, we have them. Cut to. I, I almost said Getty Lee, but Getty Lee was not. Getty Lee. Getty, Getty better. Grunge. Um. Yeah, I don't know. That's a weird. That's a weird argument to make. 
or to to have i not make uh trying to determine whether or not they are i don't ever think they were so i you know i don't really have a, you have, yeah you have no problem saying they aren't i don't <laughs> i don't really have a lot of solid ground to stand on uh corn says they aren't new metal if that helps I don't know what corn is, but their last album sucked. I was excited. I thought they I I like listened to it and I was like, "Oh, this might be good." And then it it was it was bad. Uh what I was going to say is I was going to say like like there are no hair metal bands anymore, but that's definitely not true cuz there is what's that there's like a modern day hair metal band that like one of the things they're famous for is getting ladies to show their boobs during their show. But I can't think of what the name of that band is. Somebody in here will know what it is. But there's like a modern day hair metal band. Steel Panther. Thank you. Steel Panther is like a modern day hair metal band. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I just don't think. So, okay, if Pearl Jam is a grunge band still in 2020, is their most recent album a grunge album? Or is it a grunge band doing an album that's not grunge? I just, it's so, it's so weird it doesn't really matter at the end of the day. Their new album is fine. It's not like, it's uh, not like album. I, I like, I don't, it doesn't, it's not going to change the way I feel about their music. I'm just, I'm just interested in the distinction of it. Just, is it just 12 remixes of Jeremy? <laughs> <laughs> but they all sound the exact same. Oh yeah. Drawing pictures of mountain tabs. Wow, that was magical. The, the, be- <laughs> the best any better thing anybody ever did is Trey Parker. Yeah, on Remember the face. on Remember the 90s, him making the Eddie Vedder face mm-hmm. that Eddie Vedder makes in the video for Jeremy. Yep. Slays me still to this day. I can't there's uh, no re- way I can re- do it. I almost re- tried. Re- I'm glad I stopped myself. Man, there's two great shows. Remember the 80s, remember the 90s. Those are both. Remember the cool. 90s is where uh, shotgunning a can of cream of chicken soup came from. Oh, yeah. That's still such Talk a funny Oprah. idea to me. But, yeah, I'm not like I'm just interested in, in the debate. I don't because we're in quarantine and, and I'm bored. I have no idea. It's just an interesting thing. It's an interesting debate to me is like, well, at what point, if ever, do they stop becoming grunge? Because. If I'm going to say their first two albums are grunge, I feel like Vitalogy is where they stop being grunge and certainly no code. But if Jeff's saying is like, once you're a grunge band, you're always a grunge band. Are you still releasing grunge albums? Because their newest album, I don't know. It doesn't sound that different from 10 to me. Some of the kind of raw passion is gone. They did not have a skronk phase. So uh, Rolo, I almost call these solo. No, they they were too late for Skronk. Yeah, because Skronk was in the 80s. Mm -hmm. I'm sure there's some weird, like, Eddie Vedder band out there that I don't know about from the 80s. Because I think he he was playing in a band, and they the guys from Pearl Jam lost their lead singer somehow, and they heard Eddie's vocals. I read a book about Pearl Jam a long time ago, but I've I've forgotten most of it. It's like I've read two, two books about the Beatles, and I can't, like, I can barely remember anything. Other than Rango, I think, other than Rango, I think, Rango, Jim, Harris, yep, and 
Hall. The only thing I really remember from this book called The Nine Lives of John Lennon, I remember really liking the book, but it was... I remember John Lennon's mom was kind of not a good person, from if I'm remembering that correctly, and she died when he was like in his teens, I want to say. And then the only other thing I remember is talking about when they were like early, early in their career, they played a lot of shows in in like Paris, France. That's all I remember, and that could be completely inaccurate. Uh, did they do any albums that were vastly different from the others, like an experiment? I don't think so. I just think at Vitalogy, there's like, there's a definite shift in the kind of music they're doing, and it goes more so into rock and roll. I would say No Code is probably, uh, No Code might be their fourth best album for me, because uh, I think just their self-title that they released in 2006 is probably their third best album. Uh, their worst album is either Yield or Binaural. Yield or Re-Yield? Which, one, which one's your favorite? Gigaton is what they released this year. It's fine. It's got one really cool song on it. That's what I should play us out with. I can't remember the name of the song, though. Uh, It's got, like, one one song on Gigaton that I really like, and it's really different from anything kind of Pearl Jammy. But uh, other than that, that album's fine. But yeah, Pearl, their self-titled album that came out in 2006 is really good. And then I would I would put No Code after that. But they don't have anything really experimental, no. They have like a billion live shows or live albums. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the other part of that question was movie. Uh, probably a Pearl Jam concert I saw. <laughs> you fucking idiot. <laughs> uh... I don't know, maybe, maybe, maybe Super Troopers, just because I, I didn't really like it the first time I watched it by myself. Really? It just, I, I don't know if I just wasn't in the, the mood or I was just, you know, just sitting there watching it, but it just didn't, just didn't click. But then watched it again, and then, you know, I've probably seen it a half dozen times now. Super Troopers is kinda... funny. Mm-hmm. It's not like a great movie. 2001 no. a space odyssey is what uh javin says i saw that movie when i was a teenager with my parents i, I remember really liking that from the beginning i would say the one for me is uh shutter island we just shit on mike like that like he didn't get it like he's a dummy yeah that's what i'm saying he's a dummy oh, okay. he told me earlier today that i had to make fun of him for being dumb i can't remember what the dumb thing he did was but no i'm doing it now um yeah, uh, Shutter Island is the one for me. Okay. I remember seeing a trailer. Who directed Shutter Island? Is that? That's not Scorsese. Is it? Okay. I remember seeing a trailer for Shutter Island, and like, it was just, it was like obvious kind of what was going on. Mm-hmm. Spo- by the way, spoiler warning for Shutter Island if you haven't seen that movie from 2006 or whenever the fuck that came out, 2008. I think we've all seen it. Anyway, it was like the trailer made it very obvious what was going on. And so when I saw the movie, it was just like, well, that's dumb. I, the trailer let me let me in on the twist. But mm-hmm. if you watch that movie without caring about the twist, like it's not, there's not, 
you shouldn't put that much emphasis on the twist. If you watch it without giving a shit about the twist, it's really it's just a really good movie. Mm-hmm. That's probably my I mean, that's the example that first comes to mind. Um there, Bart- there, there's there's one oh go ahead. Nope, go ahead. I was gonna say there's there's one from uh three years ago that's both of us that we we could have given two shits about. But then we both watched it five or six times. But that one wasn't one that grew on me. That was one I liked from the beginning. The trailer. Yeah, it, it, well, yeah exactly. Like, it, but it, it's. I, I I'm just saying that like you weren't like it. It grew fast. Yeah. Because it went from it went from zero to sixty in like. It, like how's that the time it takes you to watch the movie? Shutter Island. I went and saw and didn't like. And oh, then okay. so probably the a decade later would be my okay. guess. Uh, Wall of Beef and Javin and people were talking about what a good movie it was. And my memory of just seeing it once was that I didn't like it and I was bored mm-hmm. through it. Mm-hmm. And I can't remember who it was, but somebody brought it up. Like, don't watch. Like, who gives a shit about the twist? Just and Schwant was saying he hasn't seen Shutter Island, so I'm trying not to ruin the twist now. Uh. It was just like, they were just like, just watch it and don't care. Just watch it for the movie. And when you do that, it, I don't know, it opened up the movie to me. It was like, oh, this is a really, really good movie mm-hmm. with good performances. and um, But yeah, the, the movie that Dan is talking about is uh, Sicario. I saw, I saw the trip and both of us saw the trailer for Sicario and what I thought was like, oh, this is just another movie that's like Traffic. And I I saw Traffic twice and didn't like it either time. Mm-hmm. You remember the movie Traffic with Benicio Del Toro and... Yeah? Catherine Zeta-Jones. I just thought that, mo- I thought that movie was like just dumb and kind of boring. I didn't like it. Mm-hmm. Um, but Sicario is something else. And we just recently watched it for movie night right before quarantine started when we were doing our best of the decade and it's so good. We were watching it and I had to go home in the middle or like not the middle of it, but in the beginning of it, because I can't remember. My kids were sick. I don't remember why I went home to help Amber get kids back down to sleep and then went in the basement and finished watching it because it's such a good movie. It's Mm -hmm. so good. Uh, So Javin says, you know the twist in the opening scene? They don't show it right away in the opening scene, do they? I'm also confused, Rolo. Uh, Rolo says, Shutter Island was hilariously ruined for me while I was watching it. Just blasted in the room and said, hey, insert smile. Um, but yeah, Sicario's trailer did not do it justice because I thought that movie was just gonna be a du- another dumb movie. It's like it's, about it's drugs like- crossing the border, and it was just gonna be boring. And it is fucking it's nonstop. It's so good. That's saying like they had to make the trailer to try and get more people to watch it. Like if because people love CSI and and like. In like those shows, they're like, okay, this is just like an episode of, uh, your you know, 
special victims unit or something like that. So like it's you know it's a which it's, it isn't a paint by numbers drug you know which yeah that's that's the way that the trailer made it seem paint by yeah. numbers drug movie. But it was it's just so much better than that. It's so well written and so well directed. And the acting in it that I don't think there's a I the only part of the movie that does isn't like perfect for me is the the part when she takes the cowboy home. Yeah, that's Trying not that, to spoil that's, anything. That's, that's the, the only part of, of that's the, the only part but, of the movie where it lags just a little yeah. little bit for me. It definitely didn't the first time I saw it. But subsequent viewings, for whatever reason, that's the only part where I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Like, I don't I don't know what it is. It's just like, I know this part. And I just want it to go away. Trivia about uh, that movie. Benicio took his script, like, and basically went to uh, Denny Villeneuve, like, the, the director. And it's like, I, I'm not going to say most of this. And like he like they they just cut like three quarters of his dialogue. Wow, that's crazy. Just, just to like make him that kind of like silent kind of. He's so good. Un, in like that movie. unknown, like unknowable, like character in the beginning. There, like they 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 just cut most of his lines. Well, what and what is so good about that movie is that <clears throat> I so I watched that movie when we brought my son, who's my firstborn, home from the hospital. My wife and I were so afraid. <clears throat> that every night she would go to bed and at like seven and sleep until four in the morning. And I would stay up with our son because we were afraid he was going to stop breathing for some reason. Of course. Cause we're new parents, I guess. Uh, so I would just stay up and watch movie after movie after movie. And I, Sicario is probably the only movie in the history time that I finished watching Brought my son in to get some milk for my wife, got him to sleep and brought him back out, and then ha- like had him sitting there with me and just restarted Sicario. I don't think there's any other movie after the first viewing, I just watched it right away again. It's probably the only movie I've ever done that. And then after watching it the second time, it was like, okay, I get what I like so much about it, and it's the writing first and foremost, because they keep you, the viewer, in the dark just as much as the main character is in the dark. So you really empathize with like how kind of confused she is while mm-hmm. trying to simultaneously do the right thing. It's such a good movie. Um, and Rolo talking about Shutter Island and all the call small, the cool small details in Shutter Island. Uh, that's how I feel about Gene Wolfe books. So G- Gene Wolfe books, the first time you watch them or the first time you read them, excuse me, is it's just like you're kind of you're you are kind of not totally following what's going on and when you get to the end of the book you're like i don't totally get what happened like i get i get these kind of surface things but i feel like that i feel like that book was kind of rambling and just nonsensical and then when you read it again and again and again like i'm reading the night now for i probably sixth or seventh time i have no idea i've lost track uh, I'm about halfway through the night and even now it's the sixth or seventh time I'm reading it and I'm, I'm making all these little connections that I never made before where like way in the beginning of the book, because it's, it's somebody writing about something that happened to them, but they're writing like 
post uh, or after the fact. So when they're writing after the fact, they'll reference things that happen to them. Oh my God, Gene Wolfe is so good. Anyways, it's just really cool to read his books and then reread him <clears throat> and notice all these little subtle things he has put in that clue you into the story more and what's happening. And that's kind of how Shutter Island is. It's like once you kind of know what's going on and you watch it, it gets even more compelling. Hmm. I need another beer. Okay. Not quite yet, though. <laughs> Did you have any other movies, or was it just Super Troopers? Um, I would, I would say like like the, like that and Sicario and maybe uh, maybe MacGruber is a, an, another one because I I didn't like it in the theaters that much. Bullshit. And, I, and then I watched it again. Oh, but sorry, yeah, I, Rolo. I didn't realize that Rolo said he had to take off. Uh. Yeah, you laughed like the hardest the in the theater when he says, fuck you, dude. Oh, like, there's no denying him shooting him with a grenade launcher off the top of a mountain. It's funny. <laughs> but I didn't you, quite. It, it just, like, just the mood and stuff. Like, it, it just wasn't, like, the best, like, viewing of it. Yeah. And then watching it again completely changed it. McGruber is very, very, very funny. I'm going to mm-hmm. shoot. Um, want a weird science fact? Yeah. Uh, so I, I watched a YouTube video on this a couple weeks ago, and I, I looked it up again today just to try and see if I could further understand what was happening. So, space. The final you know? frontier. Correct. So, the galaxy that we've seen like from the furthest away it took 13 and 13.2 billion hold on you're getting some weird artifacting for me is anybody else seeing artifacting for dan's image see a little bit let me just here just talk amongst yourselves and de-artifact while i get another beer oh there we go now it's fine (laughs) uh so Grand Theft Auto Five, fun, free. Get to drive around with people in cars, shooting randos. Got to do a heist later at some point. Someone's got to buy an arcade or something. I don't know. What are you talking about? Grand Theft Auto Five. Huh? Grand Theft Auto Five. Oh, yeah. I wonder um, why I was doing that. That was weird. Anyways, keep I don't going. Know. So, so space and so, what we've seen of it. So we saw uh and Pills, good one. Ooh, Schwaz got a heist on Duck Rent five. That's what we're waiting for. Big mission. Do you need uh, to hop off? What? I said do you need to Ooh. hop off? <laughs> Is it starting right now? Uh so we saw the light for it. It took it thirteen point two billion light years to get here. Yeah, yeah. And we saw it when it is 400, uh, 400 billion years old. No, 400 million years old. So The light from what? This galaxy. Okay. It's the furthest, it's the furthest galaxy we've seen light from currently. Got it. 
uh, that will expand in the future. We'll mm. see more galaxies as time goes on. So does but that mean it's right on now, the it's it's further out from the center of the Big Bang, or it's closer to the center of the universe? We're all further from the center of the Big Bang. But is this thing but is it's, it's it's closer to the beginning of the universe time wise? That's what I mean. Sorry, so it's so closer it's, it's, to the beginning it's at, it's at of the four hundred million years of the universe being around. And we're of the, of, of do you the, know what we are? What? <laughs> do you know what? what we are? Right now, I don't know. Fourteen, I think. Fourteen billion. 14 billion. Okay. Fourteen billion something. Um, that's I think that's our radius of how far we can see. So I think it, I think it might be like fourteen billion. Okay. Something. But galaxies... 36 inches is 13.6 billion-ish. So, yeah, you're, you're yeah, basically like that, right. Yeah. Um, so, we have, like, our, our, our light range of... <laughs> of course. Got to find a nice little bit of light that we could see that is the age of the universe and how long it's been around. So, that's how long the light's had a chance to travel to us. So, that's kind of our circumference of vision of the entire universe is okay. how long the light has had to travel to get here uh, galaxies are moving faster than the speed of light away from us which is <clears throat> a weird sentiment because we so the light from that galaxy that we just saw since that galaxy is moving faster than the speed of light away from us we technically will never be able to see it. So, so, so all these galaxies we see at the distance, at like the far reaches of like the edge of our periphery in the galaxy, are moving so fast away from us that, due to theoretical physics and the speed limit of the, like the speed of light, we could never actually go visit them. But we can see them. Yes. So there's this weird thing happening where space is expanding. So it's not so much that the Big Bang opened up into an empty void and everything's just moving away from each other at the speed of light. Space itself was created at that moment and it's expanding outwards. So it's so the galaxies are moving away from each other, but the distance is also being pushed outwards. So things are moving at a, at a rate that is technically faster than the speed of light at the very edge of the universe. See, but that that's weird to me because I think I'm thinking about it in the wrong way. I don't need beer for this conversation. I need something else. <laughs> it's weird it's weird because in my mind, the way I'm picturing it, right? And I'm mm-hmm. I'm not saying this is right, I'm just saying this is how I'm picturing it. Is there's mm-hmm. there's the point of the Big Bang. It looks like a butthole. Mm-hmm. There's a point of the Big Bang and it expands. Mm-hmm like this mm-hmm. so everything that's expanding away from us in my mind is like on this outer edge it doesn't make sense that closer into the beginning of the universe is expanding away from us i don't understand how that's possible and you everything, might not be able every, to explain it but everything's moving away from everything else so it's just all <laughs> going yeah so so like so say so say we're here this is us and you have like this universe in this universe. Oh, we oh are shit. So, that, so who, I, I'm not really sure what's going on there. No, I'm at... You and me are fine. My upload must be shitty. Oh, yeah. It just, uh, it just buffered for me. 
Hold on, hold on, hold on. Did I move too much? Holy shit, it's still yellow, red. I don't think them I don't think them refreshing it's gonna fix it. No, I'm I'm assuming it's it's gotta be your upload. Fuck me, we're dropping frames like crazy. I don't understand why this happens. What, oh, did, you, yeah. what did you just link to? Uh, I guess I don't know if they can hear me correctly. Just I'm, I'm like watching and I'm just barely moving. Uh, I just linked to the last video I watched on it. This guy will do a much better job explaining it. It's eight and a half minutes long. Uh, but it's basically about how galaxies can move faster than the speed of light. I might restart the stream here. Okay. If it doesn't improve on its own, I have no idea why it's so hosed. Oh, we just hit orange. Fuck me. Brain's moving so fast they can't see us. Boy, if anybody is listening to the audio version, this part of it really sucks. I fucking hate that I don't know why this happens. Is there something weird happening on your computer right now? No, there's nothing. I don't know. It seems to be <laughs> it seems to be internet related. Like CPU yeah, I, I, CPU usage. It's Discord and OBS. And then everything else is like one point something or mm-hmm. point something of a percent. Power usage, yeah. Discord, like GP. Like my black. GPU is at ten percent. My memory is at thirty, and my CPU is at thirty. It it seems to have something to do with Comcast. Yeah, I guess I guess I don't know. Hold on, I'm gonna restart the stream. After these messages, we'll be right back. Stop recording. Stop streaming. This is so now it's just the audio garbage. version. So only people who are listening to the audio version of the podcast or watching Twitch the day after, which Amber said she hates. I didn't realize this. It just will randomly play commercials in the middle of us. Oh, perfect. She's like, I hate if I miss some of it. I I don't watch it on Twitch. I don't know if there's a way that we can get rid of commercials if you watch it after the fact. No, it's still fucking hose, dude. Yeah, I'm not sure. Like that's that's the worst it's ever been for sure. It's sitting at like fourteen thousand or fourteen hundred, excuse me, uh, kilobytes a second. <clears throat> is, there, is our uh, is our audio still fine to them? You guys, is our audio still okay? Yeah, I don't. I mean, audio everywhere. Everything else on my computer is fine. I don't understand why the. It seems to be the upload. No, I'm saying, but like, is, is our audio okay? So like, they they can hear us fine. They just can't see us. Okay. All right. Well, I guess we'll just leave it at that. I don't know what the fuck is going on. Uh. So, Thirty Six Ninjas, you put a couple of things in there. Uh. Can you put Can you put them back in there? Because I I they're not in my in my chat anymore. Uh, they're in mine. 
What? So can you read but, them to me? This, so this is the stuff that he would, that he that he talks about in the video. Uh, so say you put, so say you're, uh, so say we're here, mm-hmm. right in the middle. This yeah, is us. yeah. We're we're not in the middle of the universe, but we're we're the middle of us. In in like in regards to every other universe that exists, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Since everything's moving away from everything else, we're we're our own center. Okay. So there's a galaxy here, galaxy here, galaxy here, galaxy here. So like the beginning, of the, like the beginning, we're in this giant circle, and so this galaxy's here, this galaxy's here. As the universe itself expands, it's moving away from us, but it's also staying where it was at its point in space in this now ever expanding universe. So it has two basically types of speed moving it moving away from us. Like it's moving away from us, but the thing that it's attached to is also getting bigger. Okay. That makes sense. So how can we how can we visit anything ever in theory? We We can. So like it's they they don't get past the speed of light until they're very far away from us. Closer universes aren't moving because because they're not they're not near that edge yet. Mm-hmm. So they're not near like the like the like the ever expanding wideness. So they're 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 only expanding away from us like slower, but not beyond the speed of light. So like the closer galaxies we can still get to, if we can go faster than they're going away I, from us. So how are they expanding something that goes beyond the speed of light? I thought it's, that wasn't possible. It's dark energy, like it's so like. There's it's black magic. Technically, yeah. Like seventy-five percent of the mass of the universe is unaccounted for in dark energy and dark matter. Yeah, that part I I knew, or that. So I guess I knew. This is really bugging me that I don't know why our stream is fucking tanking. Yeah. So that's the thing. So it's they they know it because they they can see. So, like, that galaxy that existed over there, so the light that came off it was just regular light. By the time it got to us, because it had been stretched so far over so long, it changed from light to infrared. And they can tell by how much the light had been stretched over its journey of 13.2 billion years, how far away it actually is from us, if that makes sense. So Not entirely. So in the time it takes that light to get to us, it's slowly getting longer and longer and longer and longer. Yeah. And, and slowly expanding outwards. So if they know it's light when it starts its journey, just like whatever, whatever, like, let's say, like, just light as a term. By the time it gets to us, it's, it's shifted from visible light to infrared light to a certain degree. And so they can tell by, by, by reading what that light is at that point on the spectrum, how how much it's been stretched out and by how much it's been stretched out. That's how far it had to travel to get to us. It's, it's, it's science. It's like, yeah, exactly. It's, 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 it's a way above our pay grade. I'm so glad that there are people that are this smart. I know, but it's insane to think that like, so as, as our field of view expands over time, like as our, as time increases, so like more light has a chance to get to us. We're going to see more and more galaxies, but we'll never be able to actually get to them because they're because all the galaxies we're going to start seeing as time goes on are so far out, so far away from us and going so fast that we cannot get to them. So we're going to start seeing all this cool new stuff 
but we could never ever get there. That's so weird. Yeah. And like as to, as more and more time goes on, we'll at some point our closest galaxy, like if we even exist at that point, if our galaxy even exists, will be so far away from another galaxy that you will just never be able to get to anywhere else besides the Milky Way. But that's like, you know, hundreds of billions of years from now sort of thing. Man, I can't remember if we've talked about it before. I'm sorry about the stream, guys. I don't know what to do besides like fully restarting, which makes us have to kill the audio form of the podcast, uh, which I don't want to do to st- because it makes uploading really weird. So... I don't. I guess I'm just. As long as the audio on Twitch sounds fine, I'm just gonna let the frame suck. I guess I don't, cause I don't know what else to do besides fully restart. It it keeps jumping between like, no, two thousand kilobytes a second, uh, which is fine, and then it'll drop down to like, a hundred kilobytes a second, uh, which is not fine. <laughs> And I don't know. I don't know what it is. I don't know if I need to like power cycle my router. It's 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 inexplicable to me because we'll have like stream after stream after stream that's just fine, and then all of a sudden it'll just shit the bed for some reason. Used to audio only. We could just do this. How annoying is this? If we just do this, I'll just put up. We'll be right back. Then it's just us talking. <clears throat> which is it's still fluctuating all over the place and it's like what the fuck all you're doing is upgrading or uploading audio so what what is shitty about it mm-hmm. doesn't make any sense but yeah we can just do that tell us if that's annoying or not if i see it go back to green i'll try flicking our audio back on or our video rather um all all of this is very interesting to me but it's not like Oh, no. I was going to say something else before I said this. One of the things that I I always go back to, I feel like I've probably talked about this on the podcast before, <clears throat> but like even as a young man <clears throat> getting stoned because uh, I don't do that anymore, but as a young man uh, getting stoned and like you start thinking about like, all, all that crazy stuff. Mm-hmm. One of the big ones, I always describe it as like my ceiling that I'll get to, which is like, like why, like why existence? It would be easier for nothing to exist. And there, I don't know how to describe it other than like what you explained to me when other smart people have figured it out and they can explain it to a dummy like me. It makes sense. Like hearing it is like, okay, I kind of understand what you're saying. If you look at light and it has infrared in it, it means it took X amount of time to get here and that and from that you can figure out that it's traveling away from us at whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. Like you're you can figure that out. I'm gonna take your word for it. <laughs> Makes mm-hmm. me think of that always sunny. Um But the thing I always get to is just like I I get to the ceiling that I can't I can't make it through in any fashion. And I'm just stuck there, which is like, why is there existence? As it stands right now, it was random chance. But why is there, why is there even a chance? You know what I mean? Like, like what, 
I, I so I watched this video on. There's no way to. I'm not asking for an explanation. It's just I get I'm, to I'm this. I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you a scientific, like a weirdly scientific one. All right, let's go. So I'm not saying this is like. Can you guys still hear us? My because my my stream is still fucking at like a thousand kbps. Um. So beyond like the heat death of the universe, like so many like trillions of years into the future after everything has died out, there's still like two forms of like matter. You have like positrons and neutrons, something like that. I forget what it is, but there is a one, there's like a 10 times one to the, I don't know, 75 gajillion chance that one of those two things will like flip and basically start the whole thing over again because it has built into it the ability to do it there's just this very infinitesimal chance that it will happen so but on a long a enough long timeline it'll happen on a long enough time scale it will happen in theory but that that timeline is so vast and so nonsensical that it's you know you can't really comprehend it because like the time and you know at that point means nothing but it could just click over and just do it and so that's like a weird example of how like our universe could come into being but i have no idea why it did well but that's my that's my point what was the purpose for it yeah is why is like i always get to this point of like why like why is there existence and it's there just is like i that's what I love. Like for a while, I would describe myself as an atheist. I don't think I do anymore. I describe myself more as agnostic. Well, what's the point? If you're not here, I can't see any of them. I, I can hear you. Oh, you can Just hear me. me. Okay. Uh, so for a while, I would describe myself as atheist, and it was after I read *The God Delusion* by Richard Dawkins. I don't. I don't. I don't know. I. I feel like I need a word between atheist and agnostic. Um, because I don't, it's not that I necessarily, the way I understand agnostic is, uh, sorry, I got, distra- I got distracted by something that uh, Schwartz said. The way I understand agnostic is that you still believe in some kind of creator, like something, some entity is responsible for creation. And I don't necessarily believe that, but I, it's like I also don't believe that there's just nothing that seems too bizarre to me. The the my main takeaway from the God delusion was that it's we shouldn't be saying like, oh, it's just God's will, or it's just you know it, that's just like creation just always has been. It's within our capacity to figure out why a thing is a thing like why existence exists is within our capacity the, to figure out the the definition that i heard of agnostic is not that you believe in any sort of um supernatural power it's just that as a scientist you aren't willing to say there isn't if that's what it is then i'm agnostic because i'm not willing to say i think it's just as stupid to say there that i'm sure there isn't mm-hmm as it is to say, I'm sure there is. 
I think both th- like to be certain yeah. of either one is just. It's very, it's very arrogant of you. Yeah, to be certain of either one. So I wouldn't describe myself. I guess if that's the definition you're going by, then I would use agnostic. Uh, um, Schwartz comment of somebody made a computer simulation, left it running. But even so, that, so that I got distracted like, by that comment. It's like, okay, so who, wh- why are they there? But like the, so the, the weird definition that I gave you of like the universe restarting itself is somewhat based on the Asimov last question. Sure. So in theory, if you'd created some sort of super intelligent, like computer that could just live outside of time or outside of space or what, or whatever, or what have you, and just exist at some point, kind of like those molecules just happen, happen, dancing into each other sort of stuff. It could be like, Oh, I figured it out. And like push those two molecules to do that thing. But this computer may have existed for, 10 trillion 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 years before it figured out how to do it sure but why like that but why who knows exactly i'm not asking for an explanation i'm just explaining it always feels to me like if i'm climbing i don't know why this is this is actually like a visualization that came to me when i was and this is i'm genuinely saying this when i was a much younger man and i had taken mushrooms and i it was like i was thinking about existence and the universe and everything and i had this kind of visualization and i i got to this point in this visualization where i was like i don't know how to explain it. it's like you were i was like exploring the 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 universe and i was exploring existence and i got to this point and the only the only way i can put it is there was like i was at the very top of a ladder that was on top of a billion other things i don't know what they were but it's like I was at the top of the ladder and there's a door above me and I could not open it. And the, the door is like curved. Like it's at the top, like at the top of the world or something. I don't know. It was whatever was in my high brain, but I couldn't open it. And it was just like, it's just not for you is kind of the way that it feels to me. You know what? An ama- you know what? A great way. If someone, if someone wants to experience what Adam experienced uh, without getting high, uh the first short story uh in the in the in the uh in the chiang book that has arrival is Babel. yep and it's, it's a about great a man story. doing the same thing exactly like climbing into heaven and then <laughs> which it was very weird to read that story because you're like fucking hell well it's not the, it's, it's not the, the, it's not the same as what i kind of experienced but it was I, it's just this point at which I get to that's like, okay, if we're a computer simulation, then why are the things that created the simulation? Like, us being a cons- computer simulation doesn't answer my question. It it seems like the easiest thing for there to be is nothing. It seems like e- existence is harder than non-existence. So why, like... I... I the best way I can explain it, and I've, I, I, every time I struggle to come to this point that I get to it eventually, is like, I don't know how to ask the question that I'm that I have, because the question itself is unknowable. Like, it's not a you you cannot articulate something so unknowably profound as that. Like, it's so like the thing you're trying to ask is impossible. Yeah. Well, it's not impossible, but it's 
That's what I loved if, about Dawkins' book because it's like it's, we just don't have it yet, and it might be yeah. a different it might be a different thing completely that figures it out like way way beyond whatever we've evolved to at this point. But I I just really like that point of that book w- that I took away from it was like it's not outside of our capacity to figure and I think out. That, that's like a weird. It's it's a hard thing, but I I, I that's one of the weird things. So like uh, with like the Dark Tower, like. Spoilers. It's interesting, yeah, that he makes it a tower. Like yeah. it's a tower at the center of the universe, center of everything, mm-hmm. that somehow is the conduit for everything. And that's such a, like, that's like the hard part when you first read it is going, but it's just a tower. How is this somehow the conduit for everything? But again, it's like, how do you represent like what is everything and it's 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 noble for him to like do that and like try and like use something um as an analogy for uh for something that is so like profound and so big and and make it work sorry my send is at like one megabit per second is that good i don't think so oh (laughs) but i really don't know yeah, it. I noble's a strange word to pick, I guess, in my opinion. That book, no, noble, noble, in that like he had the he had the guts to try. Because that's like it's, like you have to. To like to try and to put enough effort into making it seem like it's a plausible like a plausible real thing. Yeah, and not just not just some high dude being like. Dude, this fucking ice cream. Look at the swirls in it. You know, it's like infinity. Or I don't know. That book. I have a rough relationship with that book. Because man, when he wrote that last one, he was probably so fucking. No, he wasn't high at that point. Was no, he coked out. He's, he was coked, coked out during like, like The Shining. In like Wolves of Kala, when like shit made no sense. The thing that fucked me up with that book, as a person who has coveted being a writer for my entire life. When I finished that book and I saw what he had done and how perfect it was, seven books and hundreds of thousands of words later, mm-hmm. and he published, I mean, he wrote the first book, I want to say, when he was like 19, okay? I, me, <laughs> as a writer, I was like, I will never be this good. Like I'll just ne- I just don't I won't ever have what he has. And years later, as a treat for yourself, I can't remember why you did it. You on an eBay list bought the original beginning mm-hmm. of the Gunslinger, and I thought it was so cool. And I read it, and he does like the Gunslinger that you go out and buy in stores is altered from what his original publication was that he published in whatever whatever literary journal he published it in. Yeah. And when I saw that, it was this freeing moment and there was this part of me that and it's still there that's like fuck you Stephen King for not making it a billion percent evident to anybody out there who wants to be a writer that what is here is not originally what you wrote and you didn't have this all perfectly planned out from the jump. Like it just it still bugs me because if you go buy the gunslinger, it's like, yeah, we revised some stuff and blah, blah, blah. 
I want a note from that motherfucker that says like, <laughs> listen, don't read this note until after you finish the series because I'm a person who would like go back and reread that note. Mm-hmm. That's and I want a note that says like, I didn't. I'm like I'm the I'm the most successful author of all time. I can go back and and revise whatever I want to, and I did. I revised the first book to be perfect. Yeah. Like I so I just I have this like because it's what it's one of my favorite series of all time, but I have this conflicted relationship with it. Well, I'm sorry I did that to you. <laughs> but but no, yeah, it's it's interesting to think that yeah, like he he basically he got like the biggest sci-fi like publishing magazine to for like you know for five months in a row to print his story and that wasn't good enough like he's like you know what this can be like you know i've, I've had time to look at this i mean like there's still things i need to change to make it he's he said it's his magnum opus mm-hmm. that is by the way what makes the foundation series so good is that gene wolf didn't he didn't publish nope. the first book until he had it basically finished. No. Nope. You said Foundation. Which one? Which ah, one? sorry. Asimov or are you talking Book of New Sun? Uh, book of the New Sun. Okay. Not Foundation. Yes, yeah. Well, yeah, he, he took, how long did he take? Like a decade? He took a he decade to write, write the, the whole books, basically. Yeah. And then he didn't publish it. In what I can't think of the, uh, the Castle of the Otter, the book that Jeff found for me. I was so pumped when he found that. Uh, he says in that. I didn't publish the first book until I had the third book in like the second draft. I can't remember exactly what it is, but he basically like he had written the whole thing at least in first draft form before he published the first book. And there's four Mm -hmm. books in that series. Yeah. Because yeah, he was just he was working as a an editor, engineering, yeah, something something like that. Yeah, he's like he had all the time in the world to just write this book and he just took his time i really think by the way that the reason that gene wolf is the greatest author who's ever lived in my opinion is because he's an engineer i think he can look at he can look at a story in a different way he can mm-hmm. look at it with that's what i've always thought is he can look at a story with an engineer's mind mm-hmm. and like deconstruct it and he i don't know he just knows like how the gears fit together better than anybody else he doesn't write a book in the way Stephen King writes a book. Stephen King writes a book like on instinct. He just writes. Yeah. Like nonstop. <laughs> Whereas Gene Wolf, Gene Wolf, I mean, he says he doesn't like sit and plan. He doesn't sit and plot. He does just kind of sit and write, but he just has a greater understanding of story than anybody I've ever come across. The only person who I think based on what I've read other people say, somebody else who might have an equal understanding is Shakespeare. I've never actually attempted like read and really comprehend Shakespeare, but he's the, he's the only other one who I've read that's supposed to just have like a profound uh, understanding of the craft of like building a story. Oh, and uh, who wrote Ulysses? Oh, fuck. And Uh, War and Peace. Uh, Yeah. Those are two different authors. Are they? Yeah. Ulysses is a Scott, like an Irish or Scottish guy. Okay. Then I'm just thinking of War and Peace. (laughs) <laughs> His name old option. Who wrote War and Peace? God damn it. Oh, Tolstoy. Tolstoy is the only other one who people have said. And he did Anna Karenina? Yeah. Yeah. Um, the closest book I've discovered to being like a Gene Wolfe book is uh, Moby Dick. Oh, interesting. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, our stream is back to green, so I'm going to start casting us again, and you guys can tell me if it takes. We'll see what How's happens. We, we, we keep fluctuating between, like, five and seven people. Uh, oh, because everybody's refreshing? It's... But, yeah, I always go to that point of, like, I can't, like, I don't have an explanation for why existence should exist. Not and not that I have to have, not that I have to have one. Uh huh. And, and like I, I'm I'm the same way in like a weird like I just enjoy people trying to explain because like that's like that's the crazy thing about this sort of science is that they have to take what they thought was true and forget it and create a new rule to explain why this thing is happening. Yeah. So at some, so at some point they're like, Oh shit, this thing's moving too fast. Well, according to the way we think we know physics works, it can't move that fast. What is the thing that is causing it to be able to move greater than like the theoretical speed limit? But that's the fun in it for him, right? Exactly. That's what's so compelling. It's so fun. he got blown by his wife that night, and he's like, I'm the best scientist of all time. Give me a Nobel Prize. That's what's so fun is the the prospect of going like, hey, wait a minute. We're not exactly right, but I don't know why. And yeah. then figuring, like, there's just this gap, and you like you don't know how big the gap is. Mm-hmm. You don't know anything. All you know is that there's a gap. And then yeah. what you're slowly chipping away at is defining the gap until you can bridge it like that's what i think that's what's so exciting for them yeah it, like, it's like, that like, that's I, I, something i envy in them is that like they because the idea the idea of discovering the gap and then trying to figure out why it's there is fun to me but i'm kind of too dense to then do the other parts of it or i don't have the attention span or like it's not interesting enough to me whatever you want to say I really do think it kind of comes down to IQ. Like I just don't have the IQ for it, but they're able to see that gap and then start to piece together why it's there. And that is fascinating. And I, it's like I said at the very beginning, I'm very grateful that there are people who are like that. Like I've watched a number of like a ton of videos from this channel called number file on Mm -hmm. YouTube where it's just math nerds talking about like what makes the number like 1.57 special or like just 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 weird nonsense things like that what is that on that sounds interesting uh well that according to like modern mathematics like the number of infinity like infinity is 1.57 or something like that because of like because of some weird thing and like if you add like one plus negative one plus one plus eight like to infinity at some point it becomes one and a half and a little bit more i don't know but like i don't understand you didn't answer my question though where is that from what what is the show number file on oh youtube okay youtube uh and like like i've watched this this one probably a couple times odd so there's this apparently there's this mathematics competition that the smartest kids go to every year Mm -hmm. and it's six questions they have two days to do three questions one day, three questions another day. And they're like, these questions are just not like just these really crazy, like word puzzles that these, like the, like the brightest students, like, you know, like junior high level kids have to try and like answer. 
And so like they talk about this one like question six. And that this one this one has kind of like gotten like notoriety for like it's the answer isn't obvious and it was it's the least answered of all the questions from all the kids that like you know went there to the competition and like only like five of them actually got the correct answer but like so like he goes just just watching him break down like what the answer is and how a kid and how you could figure it out is just i just find so interesting even though i like i you know what is this sorry hmm? what is this what is this on number file yeah Hmm, okay. So there's just, just another one of their videos on like if you just look up like number file like question six or something like that. It's, it it's, seems like a good three thousand shift. Yes. YouTube series. Uh, but it's you know it's like it's again it's like math's above my head, like and I I only know some of it, but I know enough of what they're saying to be to find it like weirdly enthralling. I find the philosophy of infinity probably more fascinating than any other math concept ever maybe fractals is a is a a mm -hmm. different thing but mm -hmm. i really think what are you looking up oh no go ahead i don't know if this is true which is weird because it's a statement about something that i'm creating but i really think that our forgotten uh thanks <laughs> honey dad well, how how old are these kids though? Like, are these adult? Are these adult children? If you're if your thirty year old son is terrible at math, you know, <laughs> Adam's done. Young enough, okay. That's okay. That's understandable. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> The name of your account <laughs> followed by that statement is doing something special for me. That's <laughs> <laughs> so fucking stupid. <laughs> Happy to help. What's up, horny dad? Uh, Logan, Utah? Oh, nice. Hey, cheers, man. Bropes. Oh, yeah, we forgot to bropes. Oh, man, sorry. That cracks me up. Horny Dad 69. My kids are terrible. <laughs> it's just perfect. Uh... <laughs> With our forgotten fathers, uh, I really think what I'm tr trying to write about. Your book. I thought, I thought you were talking about the, there's like a Clint Eastwood movie that sucks. <laughs> no. That. With my book series. Um, and it's a, without the series being finished, it probably sounds dumb to say, but I, I, I don't. I think what I'm writing about is the importance of infinity like for me if that makes sense oh for, like from from all the times like we've talked about yeah i'm I'm sure it makes more sense to you than any random person yeah. uh especially anybody who hasn't read the book but it infinity like 
I, the other way to describe it, this one sounds, it almost sounds kind of too douchey, but I'm going to say it anyways. Our Forgotten Fathers is almost kind of like, it's my, it's like my religious text. It's just, it's try, it's me trying to comfort myself, for lack of a better way to explain it. It's me trying to comfort myself for all the things that are out there that I can't explain. And, yep. and the only way that I can think to explain them is through not necessarily the mathematical concept of infinity, but the the theoretical and philosophical idea of that is infinity. Well, you had that whole chapter on like you 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 couldn't quite comprehend why your stove turned on, so you had that whole chapter about that weird god that lived inside your oven. <laughs> what are you talking about right now? I'm not tracking this joke at all. Well, you're saying it was your religious text. It's always taking it as like a like a like a like an ancient person staring up at the stars and trying to and trying to think of a reason why oh this thing is happening. Oh my god, dude, that's such a leap. Sixty chess. No kidding. Dan's out here playing playing a kind of chess nobody's ever heard of. I'm still distracted <laughs> by this message that's on my screen. Horny underscore dad sixty nine. My kids are terrible at math. Man, that made me laugh. You still there, Horny Dad sixty nine? That is the, that is the right kind of stupid for me. I'm looking for Horny Mom sixty nine. <laughs> I don't, I don't show up. If, <laughs> if Horny Dad sixty nine and Horny Mom sixty nine are not married, I don't believe in love. Yeah, what is it? What is our world then? But yeah, I think Infinity is fascinating, um, and I think. It's ultimately what I'm writing about in Our Forgotten Fathers. Because obviously I haven't finished the series. I'm still writing it. Which is why I'm kind of saying I think that's what I'm writing about. Because I don't fully know until I finish it. But mm-hmm. from what I understand of the story as it stands right now in my mind and in, in the things that I have written down, it is about infinity and the fact that we're all infinite and you know, it's weird to like. I don't know how much you know about Hindu religion and the Vedas and things like that, but there's like actual mathematic equations. I'm relatively certain, based on the little bit that I know, within the Vedas that kind of explain like the numbers of years that pass before things happen in the universe and before things recycle. And the idea, Correct. one of the ideas that's so fascinating and so compelling to me in the Hindu religion is that, like, so the universe is a lotus flower that comes from Vishnu's navel, and eventually we, w- like, everybody in existence will be, will have been, and will be Vishnu. Like, you'll just be the the creator god at some point. Mm-hmm. Um that religion is so fascinating to me because it's just, it's like, yeah, there's just an infinite cycle that just goes on and on forever. And here's how many years, billions of years are between each cycle. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, there's a, a book I have that do, does a really good job of explaining uh, where the math comes in and how people have figured out the math. If somebody tweets at me, I'll remember and I'll, I'll tweet, uh, the name of the book. If anybody is interesting, it's utter- this book is utterly fascinating. It goes through all these Hindu myths and uses it to explain all these things. It's it's 
super compelling. Joseph Campbell writes the foreword for it. It's an awesome book, but I can't think of the title of it. Star Wars. No. Ah, George, George Lucas is lazy. That's all I'm going to say. Um, yeah, it's like 10 o'clock, Dan. It's exactly 10 o'clock. So it's not even like 10 o'clock. Uh, I think we lost Horny Dad. That bums me out. Yeah. Man, I'm not. I'm not even kidding when I say if we had a uh, viewer every week who's horny underscore dad sixty nine, or just a different number. <laughs> no. <laughs> that was clutch. Speaking yeah. speaking as a dad myself, horny underscore uncle. Horny underscore uncle is way creepier. Oof. You don't want to be a part of a horny uncle's uh, situation. A horny dad, sixty nine. I can't imagine going out and creating an account for myself named Horny Dad sixty nine. Uncle, uncle, Hornkle. So like, so I, it's just like a, it's so bizarrely funny to me to imagine like oh yeah. a guy with kids who's like, "Fuck yeah, I'm a horny dad." <laughs> like. <laughs> so he, so he you, says computer aggressively he's like, yeah, horny dad. What do you do? And then I don't know. Then I started to think like, but what if he's married and he's just fucking, he really loves his wife. I, it, uh, it just got, you don't love your wife in my, yes. Okay. Vita Anderson, horny and proud. <laughs> mm-hmm. It loves the position. It just got funnier and funnier to me. The more I thought about, like, somebody had to type that shit in. Whoever Horny Dad 69 is, if you're still there, like, I I don't get it, but I'm not mad about it, I guess is what I'm saying. Like, it doesn't, it sounds so weird because I'm not trying to, like, be mean and make fun of it, but it's like, I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't like it's it would be so weird to me to sit down and go like I'm gonna create an account and I'm gonna go yeah. talk to people with the handle horny underscore dad sixty nine. If you got twenty seven and twenty five year old kids, if that was not a lie, uh then you can be a full on horn dad because like your kids are out of the house. You you and that you and that wife You and your wife can do all the horn dog shit you want. I'm not judging anything. You can you can be a divorced dad and be horny. I don't care. It's just, it's so funny to me. It would just never cross my mind to name myself that. I don't have growing up kids. Maybe that'll change. I don't know. Maybe that was a guy in Tampa that propositioned Kibby to fuck his wife. Maybe. <laughs> I wish Kibby was here. I just hit my mic into my face. I don't know if anybody saw that. What if his name is Horny, Jones? <laughs> oh, okay. The wrinkles. There's layers that's to this. Such a dumb joke. It that's it's so funny to me. I don't think he's in here anymore. And he's just and he was, advertising he's a dad with that name. And, and he was born in nineteen sixty nine. This makes sense. Yes, okay. He's nine yeah, born in nineteen sixty nine. It all tracks because his kids could be that old. Anyway, holy, that, holy Christ they would be. Right? So his name is Horny because his parents were assholes. He's born in 1969. He had hippie parents that named him Horny. My nephew's 12. 
My brother was born in eighty. This this tracks. Yeah. Holy shit. So his name's Horny. He's you, proud of being a dad, and he was born in '69. <laughs> this is perfect. This makes perfect sense. I don't, I don't know. I can't, I'm not doing a good job of explaining what's in my head, but it's, it's so bizarre to me that somebody has, somebody has the name Horny underscore Dad '69. They wandered into our random ass podcast, and then made the comment, "My kids are terrible." If, if I could Which say perfectly fit what we were talking about, so they were genuinely listening to us. That is the dream. Like the amount, like whenever I get someone to says me, "Hotel Daddy," like <laughs> the, the amount of pleasure I get from someone being confused by the fact that my name is Hotel Daddy, like it's. <laughs> you it, just it, hope they laugh about how stupid it is. Oh yeah, yeah. That's what I mean. It's just bizarre. But it's, it's a um, name. It's horny dad sixty nine. It's so good. It's just it just it caught me perfectly to be really funny. I hope he I hope he sends us his uh, rock dad list. Man, if horny dad sixty nine <laughs> sent us his rock dad list, it would be oh, it would be perfect. Or if he's Vince Neil, Vince Neil's probably a horny dad. Vince Neil ain't tuning into our podcast. Remember Vince Neil released a sex tape and he's like running around in whitey tighties? That's from Remember the 90s, by the way. I I wonder if those episodes are on YouTube and I can fall asleep to them. Probably. Find out. You can, probably, you can <laughs> find them somewhere. It's the internet. All right, man. I got to go to bed. All right. All right. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, horny dad 69. I hope you're still there. If you are still there, just, just, just send us another cheers, man. Where is he from? Utah from Logan, Utah, old man, Logan, Utah. Good Lord. Happy to help. Cheers from Logan, Utah. Top three best. He's banging his wife. Brandon Anderson says, I really hope he's married. That's, that's my, like, that's my hope is that. He's married. Not, with, not a single dad? With grown up kids, and he's like, Horny Dad 69. I love me. I'm horny. I love me some 69 with my wife. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he just wants people to know. Kids are gone. They're to sleep over. They're in their 20s, bro. Let's what if he's recently divorced? If he's recently divorced, then it gets, it gets it less funny to me and more, and more sad. Like, if it was like a like a mutually beneficial like they just they just grew apart, I, I'm okay with him being horny for someone else. But if he was a but he if he was an asshole, like there, there's a, there's a certain amount of lore that I'll accept around horny guy sixty nine that I'm okay with. Uh, my married, one of my mom happily divorced. One of my mom's best friends. I'm not gonna name names. But one of my mom's best friends. Uh like was married raised their kids and then like way after their kids were like their kids were through college like in their late 20s lesbian huh one of my mom's friends yeah why did you say the word lesbian oh she found she she's like you know what i'm gay no they were just like we don't really feel like being married anymore like both of them were just kind of like we don't really feel like being married anymore Mm-hmm. And so they got divorced, which that word has such a negative connotation, but they were like, they got divorced. Neither one of them has ever 
one of them might not be alive. I can't remember. Neither one of them has ever got remarried, but like they're still friendly with each other, like at their kids' weddings and like at their kids' things. You know, like they're still they're just they're just like friends, but they were like, I don't really feel like I need to be married to you anymore. And the other one was like, Yeah, me either. And they were just like, Okay, cool. Like we're still buddies. And like high five and they just like went on and did their thing. There's, you, there's a very funny episode of Seinfeld about that. Is there? It's him and Janine Garofalo. They're just like they're basically like the same person and they're just loving being together and it's like you know what, we're done. They're like, okay. And no one believes that they just that they broke up amicably. That's what it was, though. It was like nobody was mad at each other, and their kid, like, as far as I know, their kids were just like, oh, okay. Like, it wasn't – because I've known some people who, like, their parents separated when they, when they were – when the kids were adults, and it was hard on them, understandably. But, like, these parents – it was just like, I don't know. We just don't want to be married anymore. We just, like, this person wants to go here and do this thing, and I want to go here and do this thing, and – we don't really feel the strong need to be together anymore. And they just like went and did their own thing. But they like, there was mm-hmm. just zero hard feelings about it. They were just like, it's almost a very loving thing to me, in my opinion, where it's like, Hey man, I want you to go there and do that thing and be happy. I just don't want to do it, but I want you to go and be happy. I'm fine here. I just want to stay here and be happy. And the other person's like, Oh yeah, cool. Okay. I love you. I want you to be happy. Like, bye. <laughs> It's just it's a, it's a, in it's my mind, thing, like if you love it, let it go. Yeah, it's, it sounds dumb to say it that way, but that's kind of what it is. It's just like I don't know. I love you, but I don't want to go do that thing. But I'm totally willing to like, just kind of say, bye. I don't know. It, it it's just a, it's the only example I have that's like that. By the way, I think it's a very rare thing. But that's maybe that's that what, mattress man. Maybe that's what Hotel Daddy sixty nine is. He had an amicable divorce. Horny daddy. Horny dad. What did I say? Hotel daddy? Did I say your name? This was 69, Jermaine. Disgusting. Horny dad 69. Fuck. All right. Uh, (laughs) Thanks for listening, everybody. You've been listening to This Might Sound Stupid. If this is your first time listening to us, Horny Dad sixty, <laughs> Horny Dad 69, if this is your first time listening to us, subscribe or give us a follow on Twitch, man. Uh, I really love that. I'd, I'd really love if you showed up every week and you were an active participant in our chat. Uh, that's not I even got a, with these kids. That's not even a joke. You came in at the perfect time and fucking cracked me the hell up. Horny Dad 69. My kids are terrible, man. <laughs> Just <laughs> throwing shade at his poor kids. Uh, yeah, you can subscribe to us anywhere you get your podcast. This might sound stupid. Uh, you can follow us on Twitch. That would be awesome. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at TMSS underscore podcast. Uh, so that's at TMSS underscore podcast. Uh, you can tweet us your rock dad list. If you don't know what that is, I'm not going to go through the whole thing. Just go back to the beginning of the podcast and listen to it again. As always, we're brought to you first and foremost by Joey, the good boy. He is zonked hard. He's actually, you can't hear him, but he's snoring. There he is. Joey's our oldest and best sponsor. We're also brought to you by Mike Long, the uh, super sexy and very talented designer uh, from Minnesota. He designed all of our graphics here. Uh, He also designed the Joey Cam, which I don't even know what that looks like. Hey, cool. The Joey Cam actually shows up. Uh, So I could actually switch the Joey Cam to being on Joey. Nice. Remember, it wasn't working? Yes. It was like uh, Discord was overriding the audio. 
Yep, perfect. Right on the dog. How does that look on uh, the stream, everybody? <laughs> uh, he also designed our little Joey the Good Boy logo, and he'll some at some point, at some day, design our shirts. Sponsored by Horny Dad 69's wife for just, you know, going to the bone zone. Joey does use a lot of paper towels. Oh, big stretch. He's awake. I've said his name enough. Um, I'm going to take us off with another song off of uh, uh, Perfume Genius's new album. It's called Set My Heart on Fire. Immediately is the name of the new album. It's a great it's album. Possible. I really recommend everybody go listen to it. Uh, this song is called I'm Without so You. Perfume Genius is a great artist. Uh, Dan, you got anything to add? Uh, sorry about the stream quality for a little bit there, everybody. Thanks for bearing with us. Um, and thanks for tuning in. Genuinely appreciate it. This is uh, a very fun thing week after week for over a year now. Mm -hmm. uh, we've been podcasting over a year. And uh, I'm just really grateful that everybody tunes in. Yeah. Love you guys. Bye. Bye-bye. Such a long, long time without you.